Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Irish on Tap, a podcast about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish presented to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at ONTAP Irish. Today, we'll be breaking down the Gator Bowl victory over South Carolina, a wild, wild game, a shootout in South Florida, 45 to 38. The Irish are able to come away with a victory. Uh, and to be honest, at the very beginning of the game, it didn't look like we were going to, you know, find a way to pull this one out. But the team was resilient. Tyler Buckner just kept fighting and the offense just kept getting more points. And, you know, we made enough plays at the end of the day to find a way to win this football game, uh, despite two pick sixes by Buckner. And I think the second one is more on Tommy Reese than it is on Tyler Buckner. But as we talked about on the pregame show going into this game, Spencer Rattler, their strength played into our weaknesses, and our weakness was our secondary. We knew it was going to be uh, a little bit of an issue trying to contain this offense, especially considering how they finished the season with huge wins over Tennessee and Clemson. But South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler on the day finished 29-46, 246 yards with two touchdowns and a pick, ran the ball for 27 yards, and – I mean, obviously gave up 38 points, but this was that type of game where it, it just kind of turned into a basketball game and it was each team was just answering each other every time they scored. Defensive freshman standout Benjamin Morrison snagged another interception on the season, someone that I look forward to so much seeing uh, play on this team here in the future and someone that has such a such a bright future. Maybe a Thorpe watch list guy next year, even though he'll only be a sophomore, but I think all things considered, going into this game, we didn't really know what to expect. We hadn't seen Tyler Buckner since uh, way early in the season. I believe it was week two against Marshall when he was injured. And he didn't play his best game, but he didn't play his worst. He had 274 yards through the air. And on the ground, he had 61 yards and two touchdowns. So he accounted for five touchdowns, but he did have three interceptions. And two of those interceptions ultimately resulted in touchdowns uh, being pick sixes. So, you absolutely can't have that. But if you take two picks, pick sixes out of the game, Notre Dame wins this one handedly. And I don't know, I, I guess you could say play devil's advocate and say the pick six has made it a little bit more interesting and a little bit more fun, especially that second one, because we were going in to go grab a two touchdown lead. And I know a two touchdown lead, especially with what we've seen in bowl season the last few weeks, isn't end all be all, but it, it felt like it could have been had we have gotten it, but we didn't. Uh, and he still ended up orchestrating that game-winning drive uh, for us to go down and take the lead to also cover, too. But uh, the over hit by halftime, I believe, was pretty damn close. So let's see, 28. Oh, no, it didn't. So they're at 41. So they needed 10 more points at the half. But, yeah, Logan Diggs, a 39-yarder uh, to take the lead 38-31 after fighting back for so long. Because, honestly, if you look at it, yeah, we didn't have the lead at any point in this game until that Logan Diggs touchdown with 12 minutes and 41 seconds left. And then I think I think the coolest part about bowl games in the opt-out era, at least, in the era where players are opting out left and right, regardless of the, the merit or creed of the bowl game, uh, you get guys that step up and make a play. Mitchell Evans is the player that – came through at the end of the game to catch the game-winning touchdown, a 16-yarder. But you just need guys to make plays in this game. And 
Logan Diggs ran the ball real well. Brayton Lindsay was making plays all over the field. And I think that something that is really unfortunate that we really just didn't get to use Brayden Lindsay the way we should have while he was here. And he announced after the game that he's retiring from football and he already has a job offer. So good for him on, on that front that, you know, he found something that he likes enough to make him retire from playing football. But I feel like neither coach that we had in his tenure, Freeman or Kelly really did him well. That's a guy that, as we see, you get his hands on the ball. He's explosive. He makes plays. Uh, he had a 44-yard touchdown reception. That was a big play and a big, big momentum shift in the game. He accounted for four catches for 89 yards and no rushing. But he's a guy that we've seen in the past with the end around uh, being utilized. So it's tough. Uh, you know, you really only get these guys for four years, and some of them go on to play in the NFL, and some of them go on to do great things in their fields in – whatever it may be. And Braden Lindsay is going to be one of those guys that you really sit here and think could have, should have, would have. You really wish that you were able to see more from him, but I'm putting it more on coaching than I am on Braden Lindsay. Other than that, we talked about going into this game. You're going to need to use the three headed monster and let's go through the stats. So Tyree five for 21, four yards of pop. Astame 14 for 95, and in that third and fourth quarter, he was running with a different purpose. Same with Logan Diggs. And Logan Diggs accounted for uh, 13 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. And then Buckner had two on the ground. So three through the air for Buckner, two on the ground. And the two receivers, or receiver and back, I guess you would say, is uh, Braden Lindsay had 89 yards and a touchdown, and then Diggs. So Diggs, or Diggs accounted for 170 yards on the dot, or I'm not a math guy. It was 89 plus 80. Yeah, 170 yards. I had it right the first time. I'm a jack. But 170 yards and two touchdowns on the day for Logan Diggs. Jaden Thomas was making uh, big plays. He had five for 67 and a long of 25. And I don't know, man. Bowl games are supposed to be fun, and I feel like lately the crowd of there's too many bowl games, there's – you know, meaningless bowl games are just like, you just don't like college football, right? Like college football is meant to be fun. You're meant to have these high scoring games where chaos ensues and the lead switches and the game gets tied late. And I think that all things considered, you got a little bit of everything that we saw from this season in Notre Dame. You saw the good, the bad, and the ugly out there for this bowl game, but ultimately we had enough to find a way to win this one. And on the reverse end of the spectrum from last year, because Marcus Freeman's first game was the Fiesta Bowl with Oklahoma State, that we ended up blowing a huge lead and losing. You come back from down, you know, 10 and 14 at multiple points of this game, and you win by seven and cover. So that, I know they don't care about covering, but the boosters do. I did. I definitely had some money on the game. And it's just fun seeing your team go out there and compete against a team that you don't normally play. Uh, obviously we're not in a conference, so we can play whoever we want, but I can't remember um, the time that we played South Carolina. And I think this was a really good South Carolina team. It was a team that was ranked higher than us in the rankings and a team that beat a, a similar opponent, Clemson, and beat a really, really good Tennessee team that ironically Tennessee beat Clemson in their bowl game. So all things considered, I think it's great to get another win in the win column. You're one win away from 10 wins and 
for the season that we had with the ups and downs that we had, I think that it was the perfect bookend to a season that you start by losing to a team that ends up making it to the college football playoff. And we learned that, thank God we beat Clemson and didn't allow them to get to the college football playoff because they were fraudulent. They did end up going on to win the ACC, but like if they would have beat us and won the ACC, they could have snuck into the college football playoff. So we did the whole world a service by beating them and North Carolina looked good in their bowl game. BYU looked good in their bowl game. All these teams we played uh, throughout the season ended up being quality opponents, but we have another tough schedule next year and a lot of recruiting to do. Uh, we're going to lose a lot of guys. You lose Michael Meyer, you lose Foskey. I think the Adam Alola brothers may be gone. I have to look into that. As we talked about last week on the show, Drew Pine's most likely, well, Drew Pine is, is gone. He's committed to Arizona State. And Sam Hartman is most likely the next quarterback up at Notre Dame. But it's an interesting time. We have a new head coach, a guy that's a year into his tenure. He found a way uh, to put us in a position to finish in the top 20, maybe the top 15 if we're lucky. You find nine wins, and a lot of those were quality wins. Obviously, you play who's on the schedule. And we beat some teams that you know we should have beaten along the way. But you can't control it go out there and you play who's in front of you and you win the games in front of you. And outside of Stanford and Marshall, uh, you lose to two teams that will most likely finish in, well, Ohio State will finish in the top eight probably, and USC will probably finish top 15, right around us to be honest. And I said it a few weeks ago on the show, like I'm proud of the way the team battled. I think that it was a weird season. What happened to this group of guys uh, last season with Coach Kelly leaving and going to LSU is an experience that brought them all closer together. And I think that from a talent aspect, this team may not have been as talented as last year's or even the year before when they went to the college football playoff, but they still went out there, did their thing, and found a way to cap off a relatively good season, at least in my eyes. I know it should have been a 10-win season, but it is what it is. We're not able to get it done. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball this game, one guy that was flying around like crazy and has for the last year or so is J.D. Bertrand. He finished the day with eight tackles and five solo. And then a special shout-out to friend of the program, a guy that we interviewed when he was a sophomore already getting significant playing time, Tariq Bracey. Tariq Bracey had eight tackles, four solo, and a half a tackle for loss. But Tariq Bracey also committed – to being in the NFL draft for next season. So looking forward to seeing where Tariq lands in his NFL journey. Very talented kid, a kid with a gray head on his shoulders and someone that we've always rooted for here on the show and we will continue to root for uh, even if he ends up being a Green Bay Packer. And for those of you that know me, that's saying a lot. But uh, just an overall, it's a hard day to gauge like a defensive performance, right, when you give up 38 points. But – 14 of those points were via pick sixes and you give up 24 points on the defensive side of the ball to a team that has a 60 point uh, output in their last few games. I guess you can, you can live with it and fight another day. And unfortunately there's no more games for this group to play, but I think you really saw great things from Jordan Patello. He had an early sack and, and one later on in the game, but just a guy that 
still has some eligibility here at Notre Dame and someone that you would expect to step in and play uh, either the defensive end or outside linebacker role. And he does it well. Um, Jack Kaiser had another phenomenal performance. DJ Brown played pretty well. Riley Mills had a very timely sack at the end of the game. And uh, I forgot what it was that he posted. He's like, I heard Notre Dame doesn't win bowl games. We'll let him slide on that because he's young, but yeah, we can't, we can't celebrate celebrate the Gator Bowl like it's a college football playoff win, but it is what it is. He's young, regardless of the stature of the bowl game. These guys deserve to celebrate it, and people should not be coming at them on Twitter. So I'm still I'm standing with Riley Mills on that. We'll give him a pass, but yeah, overall some good plays and specific moments of this game. Not an overall great performance, but we've talked about that in college football. It's sometimes these games turn into basketball games where it's just fast breaks. Like if you take, for example, uh, the USC game and the Tulane game that played earlier in the week, that game turned into a basketball game at the end. TCU Michigan turned into a basketball game. Like these games flip on their heads so quickly. And to go through the win probability, it's probably probably looks like Mount Everest. I actually haven't looked at it because like I said, for a vast majority of this game, we were trailing and you find a way to come back and win by seven and you get a stop from your defense after scoring the go ahead with 31 seconds or with a minute and 38 seconds left. But yeah, so win probability. So to start the game, it was tilted in our favor at 66%. And We'll run through a couple of the points. So uh, 21-7, so end of the first quarter, about 72% tilted in South Carolina's way. And then 21-10, to 80%. And I think that might have been the highest it got. Yeah, it got back up to 77 when we punted back to them right at the end of the third quarter when they were still up seven. And then it finally flipped and stayed in our favor. Uh, once we t- once we tied it, they're like, oh, GG's. Notre Dame won this game. And we did. Uh, we ended up doing it. And hats off to South Carolina. They played their ass off. Beamer coached a great game. But when it comes down to college football, usually it comes down to the players on the field, and we just have a better team than them. And – I also saw after the game, I don't even know if he played, to be honest, but Brandon Joseph uh, committed to uh, going towards the NFL draft. So another guy similar to Ben Skoranek kind of just wasn't here long, gave us some great moments while he was here and someone that will play on Sundays. And I look forward to seeing uh, what his future looks like in the NFL. But other than that, I think Buckner – Let's talk about Buckner, man. Uh, weird game. Still accounted for five touchdowns. So it's like you can say what you want about Tyler Buckner in this game, but he found a way to win it for us. And I think that kind of a wild game got to be a shootout. So he's throwing the ball a lot more than he's accustomed to. Uh 33 attempts is probably about eight more than I want to see Tyler Buckner throw the ball in a game. I'll probably see him as like a 25 attempt guy. And then he gets those other uh, touches with maybe rush attempts, maybe five or 10 rush attempts. And if you look, he had 12. So 33 passing 12. So 45 times in this game, we called on Tyler Buckner to be the guy. And 
just strictly off numbers, like there's going to be turnovers. I think some of them were worse than the others, but the one in the fourth quarter late, even though he threw the pass, I can't, I can't in good conscience put it on him because you got first and seven from, or first and goal from the seven yard line, right? Anybody with a brain, especially the way we were running the football at that point in the game, you run a play right there. You get a couple yards closer. You maybe even run again on second down. You might score. Audric Estime is a fucking load. And in the red zone, even more so. Logan Diggs already found the end zone, and Tyler Buckner had found the end zone uh, at least once. I think he found the end zone for the fourth or the second time later on in the game. I could be wrong. But you got to run the football there. You put your quarterback in an interesting position where he ends up trying to force the ball, and a guy makes a freak play and brings the ball back 100 yards to the house. Ties the game right back up eliminates the drive that you have that would have put us up 14. And luckily we were able to answer and didn't kick a field goal, scored a touchdown instead, because you see all the time, you know, in these situations, the coach will settle for a field goal and they could burn out on the, on the touchdown to lose it. And luckily that didn't happen to us. It feels good to find a way to win this football game and send the seniors off in the right way and get ready for this next season on a positive note and get Marcus Freeman, his first bowl victory, but it could have been cleaner. We could have been better out there. We could have played a better game on defense. And obviously you can't let the other team's defense score 14 points on you in any game. And I'd like to see a stat, uh, just in general football stat, that shows uh, the win rate of a team that allows an opposing defense to score 14 points. So it is what it is. On the offensive side of the football, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Uh, this guy didn't turn the ball over three times, so you got to go ahead and give it to Logan Diggs. Uh, 170 total yards, two touchdowns on 15 touches. So he averaged over 10 yards a touch. Uh, <laughs> if you want to be real nerdy, he averaged 40 and a half yards a catch, and then I don't know what the exact average, probably about five, six yards a uh, carry, but 13 for 89 on the ground, two for 81 in the air, long as 75 absolute stud in this offense. And I think that probably going to be maybe the main guy moving forward. We'll see what happens in camp, but I think Logan Diggs can do the most out of the backs that we have, whether it's you know the short yardage, catching the ball out of the backfield, or hitting you for a home run. Logan Diggs can do it all. Tyree's a little bit more of a speed guy and a guy that we throw the ball to out of the backfield and, and you know, Audrey Castane is just, I'm taking your lunch money and running you over, and there's nothing you can do about it. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm comfortable going with Logan Diggs for player of the game on offense. On defense, I'm gonna say one final game. Can't can't give it to him anymore. We'll give it to Tariq Crazy. Hell of a career. A guy that you know saw a lot of turnover in that secondary throughout his career here. I'm pretty sure he lost his starting job at some point last season, got it back and put together a really great senior season. And I'm sure he, you know, he's not going to be a first round pick, but I'm sure a guy that, you know, similar to corners before him uh, from Notre Dame will find a home in the later rounds of the draft and maybe be a good role player, definitely a special teams guy at the next level. But if you really think about it, too, we we played this game. I know South Carolina played this game with without a lot of their guys because people transferred out and stuff. But 
we played this game without our best offensive player by a wide margin this season in Michael Meyer. And then also to our, our best defensive player in Isaiah Foster. So find a way to win. And I forgot what it was during the game. There was a point where uh, the Notre Dame or yeah, they went down to the Notre Dame sideline, the ESPN sideline reporter. And it's like, we are getting shit pumped. And they're like talking to Michael Meyer and Isaiah Foskey. And I'm like, like read the room. I, I love these guys to death, but I don't want to hear from them right now. Like I need to figure out how the hell we're going to try and get back into this game. Sure enough, they did. So a little bit, you know, you can ease off the gas, but I had fun. It was a good game to watch. The bowl season overall has been quality. The college football playoff took place after this, and I said it uh, multiple times on Twitter. I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. It was the best college football playoff semifinals that we've seen since its inception, and I know we've been a part of two of them, and they weren't that great of games. Those were absolute barn burners and great games. Um, I would only look forward to seeing us back in the college football playoff one day. Hopefully we can get back sooner rather than later. And um, another thing, too, being a football podcast um, and someone that, you know, we've seen our Notre Dame team go to battle against and play against uh, probably a couple times in his career. I'd have to look up the game logs, but I know for sure just based off timeline alone, we did play against this guy uh, at Pittsburgh. But just a moment of prayer. Uh, if you're on campus, get to the grotto and, and light a candle, because I know I would if I'm in South Bend. But a moment of prayer and just a moment of silence for DeMar Hamlin. It was a very scary scene on Monday Night Football. And I think that we as fans over time have done an awful disservice to our athletes by dehumanizing them. And I think that a situation like that makes you appreciate so much more what these guys go out there and do on Saturday and Sundays. And I think that it makes you all sit back and, and just realize stuff in your own life, you know, just don't leave, you know, kind of how I was when, when my dog passed and right now he's in critical condition. He's still alive, thankfully at this moment, but it just anything in your life can turn at the drop of a hat. So always leave, you know, don't leave people mad or, or, you know, with still with beef, you know, with arguments and stuff like that. Try to always tell people that you love them and just make the most of every day that you got. Cause you really don't know how many you're going to get. And it's a sad moment, but as a football podcast, you absolutely have to touch on it, but on some lighter news, um, Show moving forward, we will look to, obviously, as we do every year, give you all of the draft coverage. We will put out individual NFL draft profiles for each of our players. Um, we'll look forward to keeping you guys in tune uh, with how the Notre Dame football players that are moving on throughout the various rounds of the NFL playoffs are doing. And then we'll try to touch on basketball, but there's so many games I can't commit to doing podcasts for each games. And in the past, we really haven't done much podcasting for basketballs. We're, you know, pretty much mostly a football podcast, but I know they play tonight against Boston college. Hope the guys can get it done. Took them minus two just off precedent. I'm like, I'm doing the pod tonight. I'm in my ND gear. Boston college is an awful basketball team. I'm taking, you know, the boys to cover two points on the road. It is what it is, but overall, um, 
We'll try to get interviews here in the upcoming months leading up to the draft, try to talk to some of the guys that are making that jump to go to the next level as we do every year. We'll try to get at least a few, hopefully. I'm going to knock on wood. I'm going to try to get Tariq back on the show, have a uh, like an update episode, especially since you know he's declaring for the draft. Maybe we'll wait until after the draft to have him back. But a little bit of a, a limbo time for the show. But you know, like we always say, whether you've been with us for one, whether you've been with us for all 16 shows this season, really do appreciate you for supporting Irish on tap and on tap sports net. And we look forward to the future episodes of the show. And then obviously being back out to cover the team next season and in future seasons. But uh, for now we'll be signing off and we'll be back with you guys before you know it uh, with draft articles and draft coverage here of our Notre Dame fighting Irish players that are moving on to play in the next level. But our Irish find a way to win a football game in the tax layer Gator Bowl, 45 to 38. Hell of a game. Gutsy performance from Tyler Buckner. Like I said, my players of the game are Logan Diggs and Tariq Bracey, someone that will be missed in the blue and gold. But we'll be back to you guys here in the near future. We do appreciate you listening to this week's show uh, as we did try out a new Twitter spaces for the first time. And that's something we'll look forward to uh, getting out more episodes on Twitter space just so our, our followers can listen if they're on Twitter at the time. But if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, we appreciate you too. We got nothing else for you guys. You, you can follow us at ONTAP Irish and you can follow me at Beat on 300 but we got nothing else for you guys. And go 